Welcome to Monk's Tape. Welcome to today's episode of Monk's Take. We will be talking to Will Pike, the first-year head coach of the men's soccer program here at St. Joseph's College. Will, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Coach, we meant for these to be uh, like a season preview, um, but they're more so now. It's it's also a preview, but it's it's kind of we, we've played three games. So, um, but what's it been like for you so far? Uh, in your first year as a head coach, after five years as an assistant here, um, just talk about how different that is for you. Um, I mean, I think it was, you know, it was definitely is different, but I've been around the program and the players long enough to have a good feeling of what it was going to be like. Um, I got hired in January, so I had the spring to acclimate, I guess would be a good word, um, to now being the head coach rather than the head assistant so, you know, that helped quite a bit, but, um, you know, it hasn't been too much of a, uh, a shock, I guess what you, you, you could call it, but yeah, it's, it's been fine. I know the guys, the guys know me. So it's been, uh, it's been good so far. I mean, uh, two wins and a draw. Um, you know, I thought we could have almost pulled out the Gordon game, um, but the keeper made some good saves. So, uh, so far it's been pretty good. Good. Yeah, good results, 2-0-1 on the season so far. Um, some pretty healthy competition, especially the first weekend uh, with Endicott and Gordon. Talk about what that was like for you to get that first career win in your first game against Endicott. Well, Endicott's always a good team. They you know, they have a good coach, good players, good fans, good atmosphere. So you know, every time we go down there, uh, you know, they've, they've had a good atmosphere. So um, the guys are always up for the game. Uh, I think their players are always up for the game, um, you know. So it's uh, it was a, it was a great win and a great result. Both teams played really well. Um, Endicott surely like they don't really take the gas off you, you know, once they start. So the boys defended well and we we got a a good goal at the end there with in the 87th minute, which is um, funny because we got a goal in the 87th minute last year. Right. So it's pretty cool. Right. Exactly. That was kind of strange. We mentioned that in the release that it was in the 87th minute, the winner in both. So let's talk about the makeup of your team. A lot of returners, a lot of uh, contributors from the three championships that they helped win, obviously, their first three years. And then uh, sprinkled in with a group of talented freshmen. Just just talk about the dynamic of the team and, and uh, how they have fit together so far. Um, you know, I think that the, the culture of the program – brings players together pretty well um i mean we oh, that's a, that's definitely a word we use all the time uh, in this program is culture making sure you're 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 being a part and being productive towards that culture so there's no there's no question that the guys are all already pretty close i mean they're close from the past three years because and they're used to being successful they want to be successful and they do the right things to be successful so anyone new, new that comes in sees that and understands it pretty pretty clearly that that's what we're about. So I mean, there's been like I said, like we've mentioned before, I've been here for a long time. So I know I know what they, I should expect out of the guys. I mean, they know what I expect out of them, and the older players make it very clear that they have expectations of the younger guys. So I mean, 
once that expectation has been set, you know, it has been for years now. So it's pretty, it's pretty clear for any anyone that comes in what should happen. That makes sense. The the protocol is already in place, just being followed by the new guys and and uh, and kind of uh, enforced by the older guys, the returners. So, I guess kind of the elephant in the room question: the loss of your top scorers, <clears throat> excuse me, your All-American goalkeeper, your All-American center back, and your multiple uh, Coach of the Year honoree, Adrian Dubois. Talk about what that's been like for you, just knowing you're the, you're the face of the program and it's a completely new look program, but you still have the target on your back. Uh, I think opponents maybe to put it in a kind of a strange way, they can smell blood in the water a little bit. And I think we saw that here the other night, but we'll get to that. What, what is that like for you? Because I think everybody looks at this program a little differently now with those faces gone. Absolutely. I mean, it it was a pretty big um, shift from the players we lost. I mean, uh, you know, Blake, Dalton, Rory, like Jesse, Brett. I mean, those guys are, not part of a Hall of Fame team, and it, probably they're going to be in Hall of Famers themselves at the school here. So, I mean, it's never easy losing players like that. Um, you know, Adrian was a really good coach. You know, we worked together really closely. Um, so, a lot of the players are filling in big roles. Uh, a lot of people have a lot of big shoes to fill. Um, that being said, you know, they're, you know, we're not, we're, we don't, we're not used to, we're used to winning. That's the, the culture is we want to do things and make it successful. So, you know, they want to prove that the three year the guys have been there for three years, want to prove that, you know, they were just as big a piece of the, the success as the guys who graduated. Because if they win one this year, which they want to do, obviously, it's always our goal. Um, if they win one this year, they're four for four. And the guys that graduated are three for four. And that's kind of what they were talking about last year. You know, I certainly don't want to get ahead of myself saying that, but... You know that's that's their that's their their processes. They want to make sure that they they do the work to continue that legacy of being successful. So, yeah, this uh, past spring's graduating class had a composite record of sixty six and ten over four years, and seven of those losses were their freshman season. So the success here is is obviously apparent. Uh, preseason nationally ranked nineteenth. What does that mean for your program? What does that do for recruiting, uh, et cetera? Um, I mean, it definitely makes recruiting easier, for sure. Um, just having that number is just, you know, players will see that. Um, I think players see, like, the success in the past, and they they want to be a part of that. Uh, a lot of them talk about, again, the, go back to the culture piece of things. When they come visit, they see the players. Uh, the better players you bring in, the better players they're connected to in the pa- in their, at their club. So... Um, the national ranking piece, I mean, it's obviously something that we want it's, uh, to be nationally ranked. And it's something we talked about for years in the past. We want to continue that going forward because um, we want to be the best we can be always. I mean, you know, the ultimate goal uh, would be a national championship. That's what we aspire to. So if we, we want to shoot as high as possible because, um, you know, if the bar is high, then we have to get as high as we can. And if we don't necessarily hit our bar right away, we're going to be nationally ranked anyway. If we can get the, as as, as the best results we can get, so I mean, again, it's it's a it's a it's a bit of a like you said, it's a bit of a, a burden to carry that number because every time you see a schedule, 
it's St. Joe's College number 19 next to it right now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like teams see that and they kind of want to knock us off that, which is you know, what I'd say to my guys if, they're, if the roles are reversed. So um, the guys the guys take pride in that though. They want to keep that there and they want to keep, they want to keep it rising. So, uh, but it does help with recruiting for sure. I want to go back to last year a little bit because I, I traveled with you guys during the NCAA tournament. The win over Middlebury was big. And then you go up against Amherst, a couple of fluky goals. Uh, certainly Amherst was a very, very good team. Uh, but it was such a strange feeling when that final whistle blew, when the game was over and people were kind of looking at each other. You guys hadn't lost. You were 21-0. and 0. Uh, Talk about that feeling and then kind of looking ahead because I know how coaches work. I was one myself, and, and you look ahead to the next year almost right away. Uh, you start to think about what you lost and what you have coming back, but that loss was a strange feeling. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't want to take anything away from Amherst. They're a good team, uh, a lot of talented players. Um, yeah, it just It's something I think as a team you have to deal with. I mean, there's no way everyone's going to win all the time. I mean, it's just not – possible no one's ever never lost hmm. it was just odd feeling because you know like you said we had, had a very good record um right the, the feeling all is it's, it's never good when you lose it never feels great uh especially because it's the last game for those guys who were fantastic and helped build the program to what like what it what, what it is and um it just, you know I, I could say the feeling wasn't good for sure right no one felt great I mean, we, we, there was a lot of heart though from those guys in that game to come back. It was, you know, it was down three nil and then came back to three, two. And then the last goal was just, you know, really a kick in the gut. So, um, the guys, the guys played well in the game. Uh, I think, you know, I mean, I don't really know what to say other than it didn't feel great. Especially yeah. knowing it was those guys last game. It was the same, same feeling we had against Tufts two years ago. I mean, it was, you know, the PK zero, loss. Yeah. yeah, I mean zero zero the whole game, and the guys worked hard. They worked hard, as hard as I've ever seen them work, and just you know to losing pens that was that was tough. Well, and, you know, losing is always tough, so it's hard to it's hard to really analyze that more than losing those guys was tough, and losing an NCAA's and losing in general is tough. So, right, well, definitely, and and giving up goals has been kind of a strange occurrence for this program over the last few years. Uh, Blake Mullen ended up as the all-time goals against average leader in any level of NCAA soccer. And last year, I think, gave up six goals as a team. Uh, but this year, you guys have given up some goals already. Is that something that kind of is concerning to your players? And, and is there a certain amount of, uh, you know, slumping? You know, you, you notice a player's uh, body language or anything like that when you give up a goal because it's been so rare over the past few years. Um, yeah, I guess it it is. It does. It feels a like very odd. Um, I mean, I should. I don't. I don't want to sound uh, boastful or anything like that. But I mean, it does feel a little fun, a funny to concede just because we've had such a good defense and and the goalkeeping. Um, but I mean, there's there's a lot of good guys. I mean, tactically are entire middle of the field is gone from last year. So there's going to be some growing pains and we knew that was going to happen. Um, so I don't think the guys are really 
thinking on the, on the, those lines of um, we can't concede ever. You know, we don't conceding is not a not conceding is definitely a, a priority for us for sure. We don't want to concede goals. You know, and but I mean, David Wahlberg is not Blake Mullins. He doesn't want to be. He cares about he cares about winning. I care about winning. You know, Colin Grant and Michael Wilds care about winning. You know, so if they if we lose if we win a game, you know, four to five, they're going to be happy. They're not going to care that they conceded four mm. uh, necessarily. I mean, they, they probably would be concerned if we, we conceded four, but they're going to be more interested in the W rather than the, the zero. If that makes sense. Definitely, and we've talked about it before. You and I, there is, you know, with all due respect to the the players who've left, there is an element of of luck to not giving up goals. Uh, we've already seen that, so that, that's a segue into uh, the other night, the three two win over Husson in the home opener. You guys were down two to one. A very strange feeling uh, for this team, for the fans, uh, to see that you guys. Showed your medal, came back one three to two with some goal, two goals in the last ten minutes. It was kind of a cardiac arrest situation, but still, like you said, you got the win. That was the result that you were looking for, obviously, in your home opener, of course, against an in-state rival. But you know, one of those goals was deflected. Both great goals by the Husson player Williams, but still, you know, maybe last year those don't go in just because. Uh, of any given factor. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be no, like down to a, mil- a million different things. I mean, tactically, we're a little bit different than last year, obviously. Players are playing different positions than, than last year. Um, you know, our pressing schedule is different from last year. Our low blocks different from last year than th- this year. So yeah, it could be a, a million different things. Uh, you know, it, like like you said, there is an element of luck. You know, yeah, all due respect to to <laughs> those those guys that are listening. I mean, it, it was incredible what we did in the past. But like, like I said, it's been it's been reiterated many times to the guys now is we are not who we were in the past, and we don't necessarily want to be. I mean, we want to have success like that, but we're going forward with the guys we have, and we're trying to gain success with the guys we have, and everyone knows that. So it's. Um, yeah, it was a little bit of a shocker being down two on a home um, to the guys. But again, it, you know, you, you learn, you take, you know, the, the way we're looking at results is we either win or we learn. You know, if, if we're, we, did, we, right. we were learning in those moments. Uh, hopefully they were thinking like that. We were learning how to be switched on the entire time. Because I think we switched off for a moment. There's a few plays where they got behind us and it wasn't, uh, you know, Hassan had some good players for sure, but we made a few mistakes, gave the ball away in silly areas, or missed a, missed a, a header, or defending wasn't proper. Um, so we just go over the film and, and try to get better. Now talk about the uh, the scoring phenom that is Michael Wilds leading the team in scoring, a defender. Um, you know, <laughs> Mike's a great kid, uh, big, strong boy, and it, there's no there's no real secret. He's a center back. He's great in the air. And it's, you know, it's a tactic older than, as old as the game. Big center forward goes up for for, for uh, set pieces. Hmm. He just got in the two. He seems to have a knack for finishing. Game, two game-winning goals for you yeah, guys already. Yeah, two goals in three games. I mean, maybe he has a career at number nine. We'll see. <laughs> so, 
two zero and one going forward. Um, some big tests coming up, but the ultimate goal is the GNAC championship. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, your roster is comprised of quite a few guys that maybe didn't get as much time in the past just because of who was in front of them. So that's an interesting component. If people are looking at this team and thinking, oh, well, those guys are gone, so, you know, their run is over, uh, those guys must have a bit of a chip on their shoulder to show that they're good players as well and maybe in some ways better or more athletic or faster or whatever the case might be. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There's still so much talent on this team. Um, I mean, the one thing I think they're missing is like the, the, the experience of actually being in the field. That's one of the things that like, you know, Rory, Dalton and, Bl- and Brett Blake, they brought to the table always is they had so much experience going forward. I mean, that being said, I mean, there's guys on the team now that have been to the NCAAs three years. That's just as many as the other ones. Right. But these younger guys coming up, they haven't been there as many times. They don't, they've never been in that greedy situation where they, they need to make a tactical foul here or there, you know, but they're, they're getting it. They're starting to get it. So there's, there's, there's a bit of a dynamic there. You know, there's a bit of a dichotomy between understanding, um, you know, when to be switched on at what point, how much, you know, there's, 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 that's, I guess the best word is the dichotomy of understanding when to move, like when to do certain things or, you know, understanding the system that we're in. So. Right. So coach, uh, obviously you played here for two years and you had a great two year career here. Won a GNAC championship, the first one in men's soccer history. And you are about to be honored to go into the hall of fame, the St. Joseph's athletics hall of fame next weekend. Just talk about what that honor means to you. Um, it's a, it's a really, it's a great honor, honestly. Uh, it's, something that not many people get to experience in them. Uh, it's pretty humbling to be able to be one of those people. Uh, I owe a lot to St. Joseph's College and um, the fact that they're doing this for me is just another thing that they're they're doing for me. Um, you know, I went to school here, played here, and I work here. You know, they're honoring, honoring me. It's just, uh, it's, I, I, really, I guess I don't have the right words to explain um, Explain it, I guess. It's 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 very nice of the of the institution to do something like that. Yeah, that's common not to have words to yeah. describe a Hall of Fame for those who actually get to get to go into one. I guess it really hasn't uh, sunk in yet. I don't know. It's like I don't know if I, I don't know if it's uh, I, I don't know. I really don't know what to say about it. <laughs> yeah, fun. you know, it's uh. Well, I can't wait to hear your speech. That yeah, night. I know. I'm a little, <laughs> I'm sure there's people looking forward to that. I hope I probably should write something down so I can. Not uh, stumble on the words there, but definitely highly encouraged. It's you, definitely yeah. no, it's definitely nothing I've, I've experienced before. I don't, you know, I've never been inducted to the Hall of Fame of anything. So Gorham doesn't have a Hall of Fame. No, they don't. You know, I'm, I'll get on. I'll call uh, Coach Tim King and be like, "Hey, you know, maybe get me." He could be the charter member. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so going forward this season, what what do you see as strengths of this team? without giving the kind of boxed answer of, of what the strengths have been in the past few years? Um, I mean, we, I think we definitely have more pace than last year. And that's, I think it's very apparent to see um, all over the pitch. There's, there's, there's pace everywhere. Um, I think there's, there's uh, some quality one V one attackers across the pitch. So I can, you can un- unbalance a team a little easier than, than maybe possession oriented play uh which we were based on a lot more last year 
I mean, Brett wasn't an uncanny finisher, but he wasn't the paciest player, and he'll be the first one to admit it. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, the forwards you have now are, are pretty quick. So they can unbalance a team a lot easier than, than uh, you know, laboring through a, a possession game. You know, if that's that's probably the biggest thing I would say is that uh, you know, we we have the, the players that can play those key passes like Cody Elliott is you know like already has two assists in the season. I believe maybe maybe even more than that. But you know, he has the ability to play those passes through those those, those rapid guys like Elmore and Kuma. They're they're quick. I mean, Ward's fast. He has good feet. They all have great feet and take players on. So. You know, there's uh, some tricky, dangerous players on the team for sure. How was preseason for you guys? Now, it seems like that's weeks ago, but it was just only like 10 days ago when you guys were wrapping up preseason. Uh, talk about how that was, maybe for you, for the team, without the familiar faces. I don't want to keep beating a dead horse here, but I think that's, that's at least early in the season, that's kind of the, the tone is, is how is this program going to be going forward with all these uh, new names and faces, including – uh, assistant coaches. Uh, a lot of those guys uh, moved on for no other reason than it was a lot of time to put in and, you know, they have families and, and those kinds of things. But uh, what was preseason like for you and those guys and how has the leadership on the team progressed within? Um, preseason was good. Um, the guys all, they all came in fit. They looked like they were ready to go. Um, the, the demeanor from everyone was was uh, in a good spot. I thought they're all ready to play. They're fit. Um, when it comes to the coaching staff, I mean, we have Dan Malone and, and John Cross who came back again this year, so the guys knew them. We added Martin Keene, who is uh, a veteran of the game. He understands it well, and it kind of adds a nice, um, you know, <laughs> no disrespect to him, adds a, a more veteran voice <laughs> that's been around the block a little bit. So, I mean, I'm sure he'll probably give me a hard time for saying that. But, um, you know, he, and he was your high school coach, correct? Uh, he wasn't my high school coach, but he did coach me. Uh, um, he was my a goalkeeper club. coach. So, okay. like, I, he coached me, you know, and he, he, it was kind of nice. He was my, he was kind of like my mentor growing up. Uh, he coached me through goalkeeping, and then I ended up working for him at Seacoast. Okay. And then it kind of went full circle. Now I now I get to boss him around a little bit, you know. Yeah, and he's the goalkeeper coach yeah. for both teams yeah. here. Yeah, and that was your role. Yes. So, so what is that like for you? Last year you were part of both programs. Both programs win GNAC championships, so you get a couple t-shirts and hats there. And now this year you're you're solely with the men, and and you still have a connection with a lot of the you know, of course, Janelle Harris, the head coach, and and the players on that team. Uh, I still see the girls on campus and, you know, we say hi and ask them how it's going. Um, you know, Martin's j like just as good of a coach as I am. So I'm sure they're not missing that there. Um, last year was really a cool year for me just because like, you know, I get to give the other coaches a hard time, like asking them how many, how many <laughs> championships they won last year or the, like that year. And, uh, you know, it was the only coach to win two. Yeah. Um, you know, have a little banter with the coaches, but. It was it was a good experience. I mean, it definitely uh, expands, um, you know, my coaching ability. I would think just to be able to work with two different teams, different people, different tactics, different players that you have to put in those tactical spots. Um, but I mean, it, it, I enjoyed it for sure. Uh, I definitely miss working with them, but uh, you know, this is the job I wanted to take. So you know, they the girls understood when I left that you know, I mean, I'd love to work with them, but there's only so many hours in the day. So you have some big games coming up. Obviously, the matchup against USM 
on Monday on our home pitch. That's always a big one. It's an in-state rivalry. Everybody seems to know each other. And then comes up uh, Norwich uh, right after that. So that's a, that's always a huge battle, and that's early in the season on the GNAC schedule, and that could determine right off the bat some some seeding expectations for the conference tourney. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, USM's always just it's like Hassan. It's always a battle, just because you know they're right down the road, so it's a it's an in-state rival. Um, you know, boys always refer to it as Derby Day because it's. I mean, we could bike there if we really wanted to. It's not right. far away. Right. So the guys all know each other on both teams, and they they never want to lose. You know, no, neither team wants to lose on that day just because they know each other. They've not, they, half the guys have grown up with each other, so you know everyone wants to win that day. So it's always a tough one, no matter what state either team is in. It's always a tough game. Um, the Norwich game. You know, obviously, everyone's thinking about that. I'm trying to keep the boys focused on the game ahead, so the, the, not not so the game might happen. The USM game is before the hand, you know. So I want the I don't want them to think about Norwich right, right now, even though it's hard because everyone knows, like you know, Norwich is a tough game just because it's, it's an in conference battle and they're right they're and, a, and a traditionally yeah. strong program yeah. and they return a lot from last yeah. year and then they have good players. So uh, you know. Um, it's it's definitely one that we are, are thinking about, trying not to think too far ahead. Um, you know, we're watching their games on live stream to make sure we you know, see how they they play and their movements. What players are their danger players? Um, but I mean, it, to have a game like that so early in the season is definitely really important. But I want to make sure the guys focus on USM for the time being. Right, and you have. Uh, a home undefeated streak, a home winning streak, all those things that are still on the table. I mean, are you aware of those things or are the guys or is that not really part of the picture? Um, you know, it's definitely a thing where we want to be hard to beat at home. I mean, uh, we have historically been very good. I don't think we haven't lost until 2016 at home and we want to keep that way. Obviously we want to, that's one of our goals is to be very hard to beat at home. So the guys know about it. There's no way they don't know about it. I mean, mm -hmm. it's especially since the new turf has come in. I mean, it's kind of been a, a like the boys, we try to refer to it as a fortress. We try not to concede. We always want to win no matter where we go. But at home, I think is definitely a different uh, another thing. So, um, but uh, the guys, I mean, they're they're aware. They're aware of it for sure. All right, well, great coach. Is there anything you want to say to those who are listening about this year's team that we haven't already covered? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I, I said in the podcast, so. Excellent. Well, come out and watch the Monks men's soccer team, especially uh, these coming games, uh, Monday, September 9, against USM, 6 p.m. at home, and then the Norwich game, Saturday, September 14th at 1.30 p.m., that's a huge one, folks. So hopefully we get a lot of fans out for that to support and provide some true home field advantage. Uh, so that will uh, wrap it up for us here. Folks, thanks for listening. This has been Monk's Take. Tune in next time for our next coach preview.